and open up to Philippians 3, verse 17. Thank you all for sharing your testimonies. God is at work in our congregation. His work is often mysterious. You can't see it, but he is at work. And, and it is evident in the testimonies that we've heard today. Well, this morning we're going to be tackling the notion of falling away. The title of this morning's sermon is Some Will Fall Away. And let me preface this sermon with a story from my life. When I was in middle school, I attended a youth event at my church, my childhood home church. And at this event, one night, it was a Saturday night, and it was almost like a revival had broken out. I think I was either 11, 12, or 13. And all of my friends were shedding tears and crying and confessing their sins and praying. It was a very impactful experience. And it made a lasting impression on me. And yet, if you take that group of friends that I had and you look at where their lives are at today, many of those people are not following the Lord. Some of them have outright denounced the Lord and said that they no longer believe in God, while others might say they believe in Christ and yet their lives don't evidence that grace. So how did we get from point A to point B in my childhood to today? How did we get where we're at? And this is a common phenomenon. I've had conversations with you all in which one of the most difficult questions that you deal with theologically is, what do you do with those who at one time evidence grace and yet have fallen away? This is a topic that is, we all will experience one day or another. Maybe in, in your young life, maybe later in your life, we will all experience. And my goal this morning with the passage is to give you certain points of application that as you persevere will protect you from falling away. There is this temptation in all of our lives and we need to be prepared. We need to realize the temptation to fall away and take the proper steps to protect ourselves from doing this. Let's go ahead and read our passage, Philippians 3.17 through 19. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame. With minds set on earthly things. Three points of application from you, for you, based upon this passage. And I'll be taking this passage, taking each verse, we'll have a point of application. So for the first verse, verse 17, write this. In order to avoid falling away, in order to persevere in the Christian life, in order to get from baptism the initial point of our evidencing our salvation to eternity, we must do these three things. The first thing is emphasize godly role models. In order for us to stay faithful to the Lord, in order, us, in order for us to persevere as a church and as individuals, 
we must first emphasize godly role models. Verse 17, Paul says this, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Verse 17 has two commandments from Paul and they overlap. The first one, Paul says, join in imitating me. Now we've covered this notion of imitation before. Imitation is central to the Christian confession. To be a Christian, at its most basic level, is to imitate Christ. Jesus says this, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's imitation. Now imitation goes beyond just Jesus. Paul here, this is a command. Paul is commanding the Philippians to imitate, not not Jesus here, but Paul. Now there's a connection between those two ideas. There's a connection between Paul and Jesus. But Paul here commands the Philippians to follow him. Now there is disconnect as I've said. And what Paul is saying is that the Philippians and us are to follow Paul to the extent that Paul follows Christ. That's what Paul is saying here. Paul recognizes, if you look at 3.12, Paul says not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. Paul knows that he's not perfect. The Philippians know that he's not perfect. And in those imperfections, the Philippians are not to imitate Paul. And also there are other aspects of Paul's life that we are not called to imitate. It is said in early Christian tradition that Paul was short and bald, something of a mixture between Pastor Jesse and I. (laughs) So that doesn't mean that you have to be short and bald. So there's, it's not, we're not supposed to be clones. That's, That's key here. We are to imitate Paul as he imitates Christ. And then Paul says, Keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. So I have a black lab puppy, and my puppy is very rambunctious. He's about six months old. Now, whenever I get the food out, his mood completely changes. His focus is dead set on me. And Paul is speaking similarly here that just as my black lab puppy named Paws is focused on me as I have these treats or his food. So also our eyes, our focus is to be set on godly examples. And there's a couple ways to apply this. First and foremost, taking Paul's life specifically. What Paul is commanding here, what God is commanding us here is to model our lives after Paul's. And to do this, we must know Paul's life. We must know his story and being familiar with his writings, being familiar with what he teaches. But then Paul broadens it to any of those who follow the example that you have in us. As Christians, we need role models. We need role models. We need people who we can look up to in the faith. Sometimes it's hard to have a role model or a mentor. It's not always easy developing those relationships. 
but we can make strides to do that. I think being at church is the easiest step that we can take. Getting to know godly people, that requires spending time with one another and spending time with one another at the church, amongst the body. But you can also take steps to find role models by those who have passed on, those who are dead. And reading Christian biographies is such a good way to do this, to find a role model. But this isn't just something we look for, this is something we all should model ourselves, specifically the pastors, me and Jesse, and the elders, to be, for us as a body, to obey this passage, that demands of the elders that we are examples to you. Yesterday we talked about this at our retreat. And we want to do that. And we need to repent. Elders, we have to model this in our own lives. We have to be models of prayer and of humility and of service. And also the deacons and all of the ministry leaders. But this, this comes to all of us. I think specifically of parent-child relationships. We should be able to say to our children, follow me as I follow Christ if you want to know what a Christian is and how a Christian should live. Look at my life. We must emphasize these godly role models. Verse 18, second point. Write this, recognize the temptation to fall away. Recognize the temptation to fall away. For many of whom, verse 18, I have, I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now to understand this passage and the whole passage in general, we have to understand who is this group of people that Paul is talking about. Specifically, who is Paul talking about in verse 18? I take what Paul to be saying is that there were people who were once associated with the Philippians church of whom Paul talked to the Philippians about. There was this relationship that the community of faith had with these people. And yet they have disassociated themselves with the apostolic faith. We're not sure exactly how they have. I take it that they still profess the name of Christ, yet their lives do not align with Christ's teaching. And I believe that for two reasons. First, notice what Paul says of this group. They quote, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, if you look at verse 17, Paul says, brothers, join in imitating me. Keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. So Paul says that Christians, those who we should follow, walk in a certain way. But he says in verse 18 that there are those who walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. What I take Paul to be saying is that the group that is mentioned in verse 18 there are similarities that they have with Christians. They walk in a certain pattern of lifestyle. They might claim to be Christian. They might claim Christ as Lord. And yet what you see in their life, as we'll see in verse 19, is that this is purely external. They claim one thing while they walk differently. 
I think a way to illustrate this is by bringing up a, a guy who you might know. His name is Billy. And Billy, Billy was raised in the church. Billy was raised in a good church. He, was, he did Awana. He did many things that our youth group does. And yet now, later on in life, he no longer goes to church. And his life is filled with immorality. And yet Billy still claims to be a Christian. Billy reveres the Bible. He's politically conservative. He believes in God. He thinks that homosexuality is wrong. And yet there's no evidence of godliness in his life. His life is marked by ungodliness. And he seems to not be ashamed about that. That's the type of group I think that Paul is talking about. And one more comment about this group. Another reason why I take them to be former Christians. If you notice how Paul talks about them, he says that he informs the Philippians with tears. You notice this in verse 18. I have often told you and now tell you even with tears. Paul knew these people. These were close associates of Paul's at one time. He knew these people. And so there's this personal relationship, this personal fracture that Paul has experienced. It's personal for Paul. And the application, dear friends, is related to the very first verse in 18. What is that, excuse me, the very first word? It's for. When you see for or therefore, you need to ask the question, what is the for therefore? This is an important word. Paul's making a connection between verses 17 and 18. And the connection is this. Follow our example because there's a temptation to following ungodly examples. Following other Christians who claim the name of Christ and yet live a way of ungodliness, there is a temptation in our hearts to do that ourselves. Listen to what Hebrews says. Take care, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. In all of us, there are proclivities towards falling away. There are tendencies towards walking away from Christ. We have this tendency towards unbelief. And what that demands of us as Christians is that so long as we're in this life, we cannot have this mentality of, well, I'm good. Look at my spiritual pedigree. Look at where I've come from. It's good to have a positive and godly spiritual pedigree. But there's always the threat of falling away, dear friends. There's always this threat. If you had asked my friends whenever we had that event, will you stay faithful to Christ? Oh, I definitely will, is what they would have said. Every day, dear friend, brings new temptations. Every day brings new challenges. We do not know what is ahead. We must not be so proud to think that we are above falling away that we are above unbelief, that we have somehow reached a level that we are no longer tempted 
to fall away. This is very much a possibility for all of us here. And we must have humility to know and to believe that there is more work to be done. We must continue fighting and striving and perseverance. Point three from verse 19. The third thing that we must do based upon this passage in order to persevere and to preserve ourselves and protect ourselves from falling away. We must deny earthly pleasures. Deny earthly pleasures. Look at verse 19. This is how this group mentioned in verse 18 lives. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. This is how Paul categorizes this group. And there's three behaviors mentioned in here that I wanna key in on. But the first mention, what Paul Paul says first in verse nine, their end is, is destruction, is where they are headed. I want us to see, dear friend, that a cheap form of Christianity that emphasizes grace at all expense, that no matter how I live, I am forgiven. No matter what I do, I am right with God. That type of Christianity that does not emphasize holiness and repentance. Look how Paul speaks of it. Its end is destruction. We cannot fall for false forms of Christianity that make no demands upon our lives. Christianity is free. Forgiveness is free. But it demands something of you. Do not reject that. If you do, you do it at great cost. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. It's difficult to know what exactly Paul is saying when he says their God is their belly. Paul could be talking about gluttony here, the sin of overindulgence through food. Paul could also be talking about some type of sexual sin. This word belly can also refer to a woman's womb. But I don't think we have to be very specific here. Paul is talking about earthly pleasure. This group mentioned in verse 18 is engaging in sinful behavior, so much so that they glory in their shame. They make what it is that they should be embarrassed about and shamed for. They make it their boast. That's what they take delight in above all else. And ultimately, they have minds set on earthly things. The way I want us to understand this is this group mentioned in verse 18. What ultimately they are after is earthly pleasure. The pleasures that sin offers us in this life. They have chosen to forsake the costly way of the cross in exchange for pleasure and ease and comfort and sin. And the point that I wanna end on this morning, dear friends, I've said this before, it's worth repeating. Christianity, the call to be a Christian, is different than visiting Burger King. You go to Burger King, you can have it your way. 
Christianity is different. To be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus Christ, demands of you self-denial, demands of you restraint with your behavior. To be a Christian is to deny yourself the pleasures of sin. That is absolutely fundamental. We can never graduate from that. And those who fall away, those who still claim the name of Christ and yet live in an ungodly manner and who have their way as, the end of their way as destruction, what they try to do is hold on to grace while also holding on to sin. To be a Christian demands of you to say no to sin, to fight it with all your might, to deny yourself of these earthly pleasures, as we've heard from our testimonies this morning. Salvation is deliverance from sin. You cannot mix sin and Christ any more than you can mix oil and water. The two are fundamentally opposed. And to persevere, to avoid falling away, to be an example, to live in light of the baptism that we have received, to live in light of grace, demands of us to deny these pleasures, these earthly pleasures that sin offers us. We must have the discernment to see that the pleasures that Christ offers us, the pleasures of peace and joy and eternal life far surpass the pleasures that sin might offer us. Three points, dear friend, to persevere. To persevere. We must be and look for godly role models. Emphasize godly role models. Second, recognize the temptation to fall away and deny ourselves earthly pleasure. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, teach us Teach us to follow godly examples. Lord, teach us to recognize the deceitfulness of sin and our inner desire to fall away, Father. Protect us from that curb, these desires, Father, and Lord, lead us to deny ourselves earthly pleasure. Cause us not to forsake Christ for the pleasures of this world. We thank you for the testimonies, Lord. We thank you for your power and your grace. Lord, complete the work in us. Complete the work that you started in us when we were saved, Lord, and evidence in our baptism. Lord, keep us faithful to the name of Jesus. In Christ's name we pray, amen.